0: You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Uh, Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, at uh, Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, Good morning, sir. Say hello.
1: Good morning, everybody. I bet today we got all of the problems solved, and it's a perfect stream. Perfect stream. That's my prediction.
0: Perfect. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll find out <laughs> as I, <laughs> we'll be I think told uh, soon. <laughs> you'll start talking soon on the on the delay stream. So, hey, we're good. Hey, yeah. this is fantastic. Professionals. Um, yeah. If you're just tuning in, we're at, uh, this is our 222nd episode. two hundred and twenty second episode. It's two. all twos today <laughs> and we are live. Yes. One hundred percent live. Yes, Um, this is a, you'll see if it's ever a premiere or something. But yeah, we're good. Um, uh, we're a Dungeons and Dragons talk show. We record, uh, Saturday mornings at, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific 12 Eastern. If you are interested in catching us live on YouTube or Twitch, or there is a podcast. You can check out all of those fun things. Um, we've been, uh, working, we've been busy. And so, well, I've been busy. I was gone out of the state. So <laughs> for those of you who didn't know, I went to Seattle last week, um, as a like mini vacation. And that is the last bit of travel I'm doing. Probably until 2023 rolls around. So uh, I should be good for these morning shows. We'll see. Here on. Um,
1: Yeah. Well, there's not much of 2022 left, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is. uh, It is. uh, Thank you so much, Moa Peach, for the donation. I very much appreciate it. Um, It is a uh, birthday month for me, which I'm very excited for. And I am uh, going to be 40 years old this October. That is big for Jordans, uh, yeah. but I'm very excited. Still young at heart, still playing games, making puns, having my best uh, Jordan life, you know. Uh, so it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's it's uh, not till the 24th, so I still have, well, the 22nd is our next show, and that's the one where I'll probably be super birthday happy. Because on the 21st, we're going to go see Black Adam. Oh, yeah. Birthday movie go with friends, which I was a big fan of the Shazam movie. I'm a big fan of of Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. I think that'll be a lot of fun. So,
1: yeah. And they're making another Shazam movie, which I, I know didn't see it too. Really I know. <laughs>
0: I'm so excited. It's gonna be lot. great. I'm very excited. I love that
1: actor too. I mean, just the, he was in great show way back in the day where he was a. They turned him into a spy, but he worked at like a. Uh, Best Buy kind of place. That's not what the name of it was, but what's the name of that? I don't remember. Shadow remember what he's what he's most <laughs> known for. The guy that plays Shazam. <laughs> but I loved it because it was like that. It was like a, a Best Buy tech who turned into a super spy show. Yeah, it was all comedy and fun, and it was really good. Um,
0: Chad what is not. what is going on in the world of new of D and D news? Uh, I know there's what? one thing that I I have not. I tested streams all morning, so I am way behind. No notes. So
1: Jordan did not do his homework. So it was kind of a little bit slow while we were gone in even this past week, um, because I think they released so much 1D&D test material. Most of the releases for Dungeons & Dragons are out at this point. The only thing I think we're waiting on is shadow of the dragon queen which is the dragon lance book for december 6th mm-hmm. and that's the last one this year i believe unless i'm missing something until we get into next year's announcements and things that they had announced but we didn't get like firm dates for those they just said like spring or summer or fall those kinds of things mm-hmm. so uh, I don't know when we'll start hearing those dates, but uh, pretty soon. So really, we have Dragonlance to bring out the year. Yeah, that's um, coming at the
0: end. Warriors of crin No, that's Warriors of crin is different from the Dragonlance. That's Lines the book. game. That's yeah, the, the g- battle game. OK. Yeah,
1: Shadow of the Dragon Queen is the book, and then Warriors of crin is the oh. game. I think they come out at the same time, but I didn't necessarily see that, so I could be wrong on that. Um, it's Yeah, it was a co-op battle game that you can play to resolve big battles, which I guess they expect maybe that you might do in this adventure, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. Um, I think it's interesting because I think this would be, the Dragonlance book has to have already been written probably before the one D&D stuff. So I don't imagine we will see a lot of the new format. I think this might be the last of the old format books, maybe the last of the old kind of what 5e was before the big changes into what we turn into. I don't think we're going to see like 5.5 rules in here or six, whatever we're going to end up calling. Yeah, I,
0: I wonder if, well, I, I wonder if, yeah, that's a whole other discussion, if one D&D <laughs> is going to stick. But that was also the playtest. Uh, D&D Next yeah, was D&D the playtest name. And then we kind of called, they just wanted us to call it Dungeons & Dragons, but we ended up calling it 5th edition because it was a very different edition. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, with, with Strixhaven having like Strixgaven came out and it had those weird feats that were um, at higher levels. I think like you could only take this mm-hmm. feat when you were fourth level. And I was looking at the playtest material a couple days ago. And it also has like, you can't take this feat unless you're of a certain level or a certain class kind of a thing like that. Yeah. I wonder if uh, we're going to see another drop of something in the Dragonlance book that will either allude back to playtest material for 1D&D or will be the precursor. Like, that book will come out, and then the next day we'll get a new 1D&D drop that implements something that's in Dragonlance. Because um, mm-hmm. they're kind of... They're testing it with these setting books, I feel. Like, new things, you know? And they've always kind of done that. Like, they did the piety system for Theros, and uh, I think Ravnica and Eberron had the... Group patron.
1: Yeah. Patrons. Uh, yeah. And In-game so they always, stuff. they're kind
0: of like working with like, hey, if you want to utilize this new thing, we'll make it setting specific in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spelljammer, I don't really know. I, I suppose it was supposed to have ship combat, but <laughs> it kind of fell through. So. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that they introduced a bunch of new races, which was nice, which I yeah, yeah. liked. Uh, but yeah, really not really. Brand new mechanics. I guess a few, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. But I do think you're right. I think the setting books is where they try some new mechanic stuff, like optional rule kind of stuff where you can yeah. say, hey, try this out. If you like it, great. If and I you think don't, that's I, I, I
0: 100% lose. believe there will be optional rules in the Dragonlance yeah, book something. because they've that's been their track record for all the others. But yeah. if that will actually translate into we're secretly testing one d and D, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But I'm curious about this board game, though. So. Um, I'm, I'm curious. I'm just, the, the, the
1: art has me intrigued. The idea that there's a board game tied in has me a little bit intrigued. I still haven't been super onto the Dragonlance thing. I guess I just got out of it so long ago. Like I remember liking it originally. But that's like '90s time, and then just kind of fell out of it. And loved Forgotten Realms just so much more. Forgotten Realms to me was just a more fun, more expansive, more there's more mystery of what's going on in the world there's more mm-hmm. unknown and so i gravitated towards that once i found that one over mm-hmm. dragonlance which feels more of like dragonlance always felt to me like reading a history book like you're reading what's happened and right. you're reading about that and that's but it's like set in a it's almost like lord of the rings in a way like if you're going to play a role playing game of lord of the rings i don't it's hard to imagine the unexplored pieces and the things because your your mind is fully into what the stories were what the movies were what Ch- tolkien told us this world is you don't think about the other stuff but like forgotten realms to me i never said oh well ed greenwin hasn't described this place yet i don't i don't know what it is i that never comes across to me like yeah. Forgotten Realms is that perfect place that i feel like i can build my own there are mysteries out there that are unknown and it's not just a history book that we're, we're using to reference but i don't know yeah not-
0: I, I think that's why I like settings when they're made for a game rather than adapting a story. Like I understand you love Lord of the Rings, um, yes. and all this stuff, and you're like I want to do this, this, and this. But uh, because it's a it's a novel that has a beginning, ending, a uh, beginning, middle, and end, it's difficult for me to be like, well, what kind of story do I want to tell around here? And maybe Lord of the Rings is the perfect example because, like, yes. a lot of people love Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. And I know that world very well. I still don't see myself wanting to run a game there because it's always like, well, we're going to like the ring has happened or or maybe it's after the ring. I don't know there. You would have to do something interesting where you're like, I'm going to make it my own by saying we're going to go to this weird remote region and have a different problem than Sauron. But Sauron's in the background or we're going to go to uh, the future or the past, you know. Like.
1: Boy, you just dropped a huge truth, but I never even thought of it that way. And you just perfectly said it. Those books feel like they were made to replicate a story. And then there are settings that are made just to replicate the world. And I gravitate towards the ones that replicate a world. Yeah. But the ones that go to the story, I like to read them or I like to know about them, but I never feel like I can play in those. So, Laura, the other one I, I realize now, because you said that, that's why I'll never do critical role. The Critical Role book campaign books, to me, are a campaign about the story and the show that they did. It's not about the world that they're in. For whatever reason, it comes off that way to me. Maybe not to other people. Uh, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings would come off that way. Um, this Dragonlance one comes off to me that way. Um, or sometimes everyone. Well, is it's a funny bit because that way to me,
0: Dragonlance. The Dragonlance books were pretty decent. And I wonder if that's the problem, like the early Forgotten Realms books were like, "Ah, I don't know, but like (laughs) you got enough of it. But also Wizards of the Coast really like shaped uh, Forgotten Realms to be a place of like possible possible adventures. Um, You know, it's like so if you go to this region, it's like here's the geopolitical blah, blah, blah of this region and things like that.
1: And the number of authors yeah. that were allowed to write about things in the Forgotten Realms—yeah, articles, books, adventures, in the game, whatever it was—there were just so many people that were allowed to put creative input into this world, yeah. and you can take and choose from that. Whereas, I never Dragonlance is really those two authors, right? The The Lord yeah. of the Rings to me is Tolkien. I don't even think about you know his son who came on and finished, but it's still just a Tolkien story. Eberron is, you know, really Keith Baker's story. There's not a lot of people writing, you know, Eberron fictional books and articles. There were multiple authors.
0: Yeah. There were multiple authors when they were making Eberron books, but, um, but I would argue that like Eberron was a, a setting first. It wasn't meant to have, it's the closest.
1: That's why I said it's only there because he's, he's probably bridged that gap better than anybody else. Yeah. Whereas I don't feel like it's a story, but it's very close to feeling like it's a story or it's a history Well, book and the know,
0: difference, man. I think, you have Matt Mercer has told yeah. a story in his yes. world. And Keith Baker has probably told many stories in his world, but he hasn't published them. You don't listen right. to Keith Baker actual plays. You don't, yeah. you know, yep. like he was very much about making the world accessible for other people. And a lot of his articles and stuff are about that, you know. Yeah. Um, and Matt, Matt Mercer, I'm sure, is the same way. He wants to make it accessible. But, uh, you know, the Wildmount game that I played in, it was like, oh, we ran into Pumat and stuff. And I think I wouldn't want that either if I was playing Forgotten Realms. I'm like, I don't want to run into Dritz. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to meet, like, the current Blackstaff in Waterdeep. But, like, you know, like, it doesn't, like, that's a title that changes. It's like, oh, no, this person's now the Blackstaff or this person's now the Lord of Neverwinter or something. Uh, Which... I'm going to jump ahead kind of ties into the movie that's coming out. So we have this forgotten realms, D and D movie and on Amazon, it just kind of popped up that there are these two tie in novels. They're prequel novels to the movie. seems like a very wizards of the coast thing to do They're They're kind of aimed at a uh, teen young adult fiction. So I think it's going to be like a very accessible novel for, they want to get all these people. Like if you want more knowledge of the forgotten realms, here you go. Um, with that, I was wondering if we're going to start having like major Forgotten Realms canon and like new adventures are going to have uh, Chris Pine's character running around in them, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if I wonder if the movies are going to create a bunch of canonical characters and events that people will expect to have in their games you know and maybe this is the problem that the forgotten realms has always had because i hear people like i hate running the realms because so and so read 40 novels and they think they know more than me but it's like in my version none of those things have happened and i that's something that i like about the realms is i'm like yeah you make it your own but you're right if you have that guy at the table that's like but in the movie the dragon's dead and you're like well i'm Mm -hmm. bringing him back i don't know yeah so that's interesting to think about is 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 this is the realms going to be ruined in a way i shouldn't say ruined mm. but you know what
1: well, I mean. well even just the design philosophy that mm. must have went behind it because one you're sitting there and like when you did your building a world 365 day video series you yeah. took parts and you weren't building from a story that had been told you were just like there's this thing that says what ha- what are what what are rivers and lakes and water like what is weather like what is mm-hmm this thing like what is the structure like what are the different groups of people and stuff like that but it was just a geography book versus not even geography do, just yeah or or even know, like this rings. is what the
0: city's like this person came to power yeah. because of x now what you know like yeah. i think the best campaign settings are things that are just like here's conflict because right. that's what your players are there to tell the story. You just need yeah. conflict for them. So. But if
1: you, if we were sitting at the table and they said, okay, you know, Lucian and Jordan, you got to build. a, We're going to let you guys do the five E version of uh, Lord of the Rings. We can't but help think about well, the Hobbits and what's going on in the Shire now. What what are where are the yeah. rings and the ring race? What are what are we going to do with the the you know the orcs and the dwarves and you know is where's the Balrog right now? We got to figure out what the Balrog because you just can't not think about the story like so you're building it from that you're not building it from the world like say okay well here's you know this world but what about all the other stuff across the ocean where do the elves go what does that look like you know where's all that spot what what is those kind where are this island chain or stuff you just don't think yeah. about that i don't think so it's interesting i i think that's probably the hesitation between some books for me and, and not which ones and it's Totally, my perception. I could, these books could be written completely different, and had I read them, maybe they are as open and as for cool Dragon as Lens any other book, yeah, like yeah. for any of the others. But my, I'm perceiving that story is there as a barrier for me to go and say, oh, I really want this one. I have to have it on my shelf. Versus, you know, Ravnica, I really wanted. Ravnica was one of those ones that because my brain just exploded with possibilities when I thought about the Ravnica guilds and this large planet spanning city world that has guilds fighting within it and and you put the color aspects in there and it's tied in a little bit with the magic the gathering and the artwork and you know my brain just exploded with possibilities i was like i want that i, I this is so cool I can. that's a great like point this.
0: like magic the gathering settings actually make great campaign settings when you think about it that way because the there's no story, like, or very yeah. little story. Like, I know they yeah. come out with little blurbs about, like, here's what's happening in Theros, but like, yeah. that's more it's more flavor. Of like a plot hook, like, it's not yeah, a story, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a reason, <laughs> like, people like Ravnica probably because it has like endless um, possibilities, possibilities, yeah. yeah. And so it's funny that uh, we're kind of down on them a lot. We as a and D thing, they're like, oh, another Magic the Gathering setting. Oh, bring I back like Dark Sun it. or bring back Spelljammer, you know, <laughs> but. I I still love Theros because I could take that whole thing and call it you know Jordan's Greek adventure and it doesn't have to be about the actual Theros at all like I just like mm-hmm. that a, a bunch and so maybe that's what I what I like it, about it as a dungeon master so but then thinking about other things like like I would love to play a Star Trek game like we talk about our Star Trek game all the time and that's a universe I want to play in but I also feel like. Like yes, we can say you know Kirk and Spock and Picard and Janeway those all happened, but like I could literally go off in this direction and it's like no there's a whole other story with this ship I'm gonna create and I don't feel constrained by them I also you know what they could run into the Enterprise they don't need to like Yeah. yeah I don't know so it's maybe man, this is a big topic of conversation that my mind is going I a mile a minute. I think the difference
1: is they've proven through their stories that you can tell any story in Star Trek because you can tell a story where everybody stays at a space station. Oh, that's a great Stein. way to say it. You're right. You can, you can tell a story where you're far flung into a brand new galaxy that you never knew existed, Voyager. You can tell a story about... How the burgeoning empires are coming together, and there's a lot of diplomacy going on. Next generation, you could tell a story about how warp started. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, just keep, you're right. You could tell, and, and not that you, not that you can't universes. tell multiple
0: stories about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but we never uh, we haven't we've seen never, one yet. We haven't, we haven't seen that. Yeah, else. you know, we haven't seen a lot of, of Lord of the Rings, yes. like multiple characters going on different adventures, having That's so good. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. Like I was, I was comparing Lord of the Rings in my mind to Eberron and how in Eberron, we don't know what the day of mourning was like this cataclysmic thing. So there's still this thing. And I think Lord of the Rings could be like that. If it's like, if you said, here's this world and the ring's still out there and we don't know where it is, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe it's because like the, the evil was destroyed, but like, if it's like, the history of Sauron and all this stuff, and then he was destroyed, and it's it's a it's a thousand years later. You're you're now playing in this world where there's orcs running around, evil's on the rise. Nobody knows where this ring is, and you're like, oh wow, that could be really cool. But it had that you know monumental like if the entire uh, and then the elves left and stuff like that. So I'm like, where do you go with that? I guess I don't know. That's yeah. really cool. Wow, That's good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um in other news uh we have a triple DD game happening
1: yeah so the guys that did uh dark alliance they had a studio that is gearing up or ramping up for their next game they said it's going to be a triple DD game they're bringing in um they're going to be staffing up to a much bigger um studio so it sounds like it's going to be a much bigger game And they're bringing in people that came from like Ubisoft and some of these other big open world games that are leading people to believe that maybe it might be an open world action RPG kind of game, a la something like The Witcher or, you know, uh, Horizon Dawn or, you know, uh, Kratos and his thing, Um, God of War. God of War, yeah. Big action-packed open world kind of thing, which I think because br- that's the new open
0: world is the that. new MMO kind of uh, not yeah. not in the Solo literal play, sense, but yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, version of it. it's the new buzzword. I feel yeah. open world Elden where people world, are like, yeah. oh yeah, Elden. Breath of Wild, open world, blah blah blah. Um, yeah. And boy, Dungeons of Dragons would lend itself really well to that. I feel yeah, because there's all monsters, monsters everywhere, the uh, especially if there's like. Yeah. Little bit of online play where it's like Lucian can jump in with his wizard and I've got my ranger and we go, you know, take out a couple goblins for a little bit. Like that could be really cool. Yeah, drop
1: in, drop out, campaign play. And then a good story that you're following. You have a a world where you can have gear and equipment that you can be constantly striving for your dopamine hit of, oh, I got the cool sword or this. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And your character has the ability to rank up. So it's a perfect world for video game which is obviously many video games were based off of you know they gotta yeah. play dungeons and dragons and those kids and and programmers went and built games that you could play that were like dungeons and dragons starting with text because all they had was text-based commands and moving it right up into you know 2d 3d vr is coming you know all that stuff so in, into the into the thing so it's a perfect world for it i think it's a great thing i'm i'm interested to see it i would love to see something that has the high quality of like a Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Gods of War, uh, Breath of the Wild is another good example. That crisp type of gameplay and movement and expansive world to explore, and then put all that in the D&D clothes of character classes and items and stuff from the Forgotten Realms and places you could go. I'd love it if they did the whole Sword Coast area and you could just, I mean, it was like a big swamp. I could
0: walk from,
1: yeah, yeah, Icewind Dale to... Give us all of Cholt or Tathier give us all of some yeah. big area that would be cool. Here's Myth Draenor, the big giant city that sits out there that nobody, you know, that's this ruin now. Full of demons. Have yeah. at it. And it's huge and it's miles long and, you know, it takes forever to go through. I will that say it's of- funny
0: because it's the same studio that did Dark Alliance, which I yes. visually was pretty, but like did not do well game-wise. I don't think wise. it did
1: very like, well. I think it I didn't really a like real it.
0: I tried playing it a couple yeah. times and I'm like, I'm really glad that I got a stream key for this and didn't buy it so yeah
1: it it was a game to me that felt like it would be really fun with people playing with me but i didn't have as much fun when i was playing alone
0: well and i had friends that played it alone and really liked it but they got to a certain point where you have to have other people help you and Mm -hmm. so they're like i can't finish the game and i'm upset by that that they're forcing me to play with a bunch of people and i was like yeah that's well, maybe even... that's Dungeons
1: and Dragons though. You can't really clear But that is. Yourself, yeah, can you, Jordan? I, can... <laughs> I guess so. I guess so.
0: I don't know. Um and then speaking all of all this, uh there was there's a little bit of buzz with there's new leadership for Wizards of the Coast, the D&D division. And it's interesting because Ray Winerger is is gone apparently. Huh. Um from his position as head of the D&D brand. Um, and there, there, nobody's talked about this. There, there hasn't been an official like, hey, we'll, we'll miss you, Ray, or hey, Ray's leaving. (laughs) All of these new articles coming out are about Cynthia Williams, who is the new head of it. And Ray is gone, but we don't know why. And -hmm. I was talking about it with some people that it could be, um, you know, I don't, I don't wish bad ill on anybody, but, uh, somebody was saying, like, well, what if he has, um, a, a deadly illness, and he's like, you know, I kind of just want to, f- I want to like live my life peacefully. I'm gonna back out, and I've I've got six months left or something, because I've I've seen that happen where people just kind of quietly leave work, and it's like, oh, he found out that he didn't catch his cancer early enough or something, and that's really sad. And so I don't want to say like, oh, wizards is being awful and they're like kicking him out for whatever reason, and they're bringing her on because they're money grubbing or things like that. There's a lot of that talk kind of going around in circles, uh, but it is weird because I really liked Ray. He was really transparent. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. He loved the brand. He was super excited about it. And this new person, Cynthia Williams, uh, she brought Amazon fulfillment from like a, a weird startup subsection of Amazon to the full thing that it is. NEN. And then she left Amazon fulfillment and went to Xbox gaming for Microsoft and did a similar thing. And now she's head of the D and D brand. And we have to also understand that, although Cynthia is head of the brand, she doesn't necessarily care about uh, D&D. She cares about D&D making money because it was always like, how do I make Xbox make money? How do I make Amazon make money? (laughs) And that's why they're bringing her in because they're trying to make shareholders happy. Um, And she's probably gonna do a really good job at making the brand make money. I don't know what that means for us who want the brand to go in a more artistic, different direction. I think there will always be books... Um, but we were speculating a couple days ago if we'll see like a big push for digital, which we already are seeing, and then you're going to get to the point where it's like, okay, well the physical book comes out you know, I'm going to say like November 1st, but uh, you can get it two weeks early on D&D Beyond and really push the weird subscription and and buying mechanic on D&D Beyond as opposed to getting a physical book and then what we saw with Spelljammer is that, you know, book comes out, a lot of people backlash against certain uh stereotypes in it, which is uh, a good thing to do, but they eroded the book within two weeks of it coming out, and now DD Beyond is up to date, but my book isn't. And it's like, "Uh, Mm -hmm. why that's that does is that fair? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um really, really weird. Yeah, D D Lego is a thing that's coming out. Um the I don't know if you saw that, but D D is partnering with lego to create uh i don't know like a play like they want they want the fans to tell lego what we want basically yeah i see like lego there's it's not a a contest but it's like what do you want lego to do and they're like i will see what the fans say but there's a hey we're gonna do something together so i i don't know uh i i don't know anything about cynthia williams i actually watched a forbes video on her because they were advertising like look how much money d is going to make it's going to be the next Harry Potter is what they were talking about because they're putting it into words for uh executives Investors. to be like, "Oh, I should I should invest in Hasbro, oh, yep, you know." Yep. Um, the board and investing. Yeah, and so it's like, "Okay, I, I don't know, but uh really curious about uh Wizards of the Coast and D&D and its future and I I hope Ray is doing well because I I liked him a lot.
1: Twitter. I looked at his Twitter account and the only thing it says is game designer, opinionated GM. And that was it. And I don't remember if it said anything before, but I think it did. It did.
0: Uh, And that's one of the clues that people are seeing is because it, it specifically said like head of dungeons and dragons at at Hasbro, blah, blah, blah. Um, But now it's just like, he's, stripped all that away and it, it's kind of like yeah. i
1: okay and been pretty quiet i looked at his tweets and stuff because i used to it's been over a month or so stuff. since he's tweeted yeah, yeah. yeah so like, i <laughs> i hope he's okay uh but i really
0: liked him as the the brand uh runner yeah. i thought
1: that i like that guy. he gave us insight and he would give us hints and, and little yes. spoilers and things and that was cool you know kept us engaged in the off times of absolutely an eye out for this or here's some hints of this stuff and that was cool so.
0: Um, the other thing news wise uh the spelljammer minis are finally coming out and have uh, been wanting these for a while. I contacted WizKids and said, "Hey, and I Give them pestered them at Gen Con and said, "Hey, I want to make a video about ship combat. This was before the books came out, so I didn't really know. Um they arrived a couple days ago. Nice. Uh Oliver has already broken one. I have a dragon oh that has my. a broken wing and I'm like, "Did you step on this?" and he's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, no, no, we're not proud of that, buddy. Like, you <laughs> yeah. snapped its wing in half. I have to figure You're out how to fix sorry. this now. Um, but he's he's two, so it's fine. Uh, but uh, we they look really good. And I'm going to build a, a map, and I'm revising some of, like, Jordan's homebrew rules for spell jamming combat, ship combat. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a whole video. It's going to take a while, but uh, I'm really excited. And these minis are cool, so be on the lookout Wait, for that. Wait, could
1: you use the vehicle rules from Descent to Avernus?
0: Oh, you you absolutely could but i want to modify them like how does um, how do i how do you do it with a spelljammer because the the rules in descent into avernus are uh like you have a pilot but you're you're adding souls to the thing to make it go faster and stuff and i kind of want to adapt those into uh, i'm not going to publish anything this is not something you buy the video will be free and the and gotcha. Jordan's ideas of how to run spelljammer but i just yeah, want to make just... it more cool and like have all of the all of the crew have it have a job not just the mm-hmm. pilot which currently it's the pilot has a job and that's what it feels like so um but i'm excited because i have all these ship minis and i can like make the video using the ship minis and it's gonna be a lot of fun so Very good. that is my future plan <laughs> uh boy we have paizo stuff what is going on in the world Well, I,
1: yeah I, I decided to put a bunch of pies there. we hadn't been around for a week or two and jordan hadn't jumped in and updated any notes yet yeah (laughs) sure how much news? no but i know we do have a sizable paizo group that listens to the show and i think it's growing i think there are more and more people and i think paizo's on the upswing the pathfinder starfinder um, community i think is definitely a growing community they're not you know stagnant by any means so one thing that's cool for those, Starfinder, they are doing the hardcover release of the Dead Suns compilation, which is when they released Starfinder, they had an adventure path, and it was a six-part series of adventures that kind of launched Starfinder when they announced it. And this, so this is the original campaign they came out with, and it's a pretty galaxy-spanning, Uh, campaign and it has lots of cool stuff in it. It's about an alien super weapon that suddenly appears somewhere and then all these different races and factions are vying to try to find it and gain that power to have it so that they can have that super weapon and your adventurers are part of that in some way and it's just all bound in a big like 600 page book now. It's like huge book um, that they're putting out. You can buy it as a hardcover with a nice um kind of faux leather i think is what they called it with a cool symbol on the front that looked really cool um it looks very interesting to me i think i love the idea of their large campaign books that they put out and when they we were talking about when they put them together in like a compilation like we always want you know those big anthology of books where they bring all that stuff together we talk about yeah uh, matt colville i want want an anthology of arcadia Arcadia anthology like now (laughs) i'm so upset
0: that it doesn't exist and uh
1: They're also going to put out with that a companion, uh, or no, so that's the first Starfinder Adventure Path all in one, which seemed really cool. Oh, cool. Zaris says she's, or
0: they're running it right now. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it looked really cool. I flipped through it at the game store and it looks really good. Then they're bringing out Pathfinder, which was their big, super popular Pathfinder 1E adventure path that's now in a big compendium book but this compendium book is updated for pathfinder 2e the second edition of pathfinder and there's a 5e edition if you want to run the the kingmaker adventure Mm -hmm. path through the 5e edition and they're putting out a campaign a companion guide which is another 120 pages already on top of this large book of uh, npcs you can use optional camping rules downtime activities and weather rules that all help add more flavor to running a kingmaker campaign right if you wish and this is one they built a game off of that's been pretty beloved and even though we're uh, most people are now onto the wrath of the righteous um game which and that one's even more loved than the other one um it was cool that there's still a lot of nostalgia for the kingmaker campaign a lot of people have said really good things about that campaign so um, if you want to play it in your you know, rules of choice or adapt it to, hey, you yeah. want to jump into Pathfinder 2e, you want to jump into 5e to do it, or you just want to play the original rules and you can go through it and, and play it. So I thought that was pretty cool um, to see them. And then there was one other thing I saw on their webpage that many of you might go look at. They did an article where they gathered all of the uh, feedback for the kineticist class. That's the next class they're going to be releasing. They did a play test for it. And they released some really cool information. They got a thousand surveys back on the dot. So normally they say they don't say how many they get, but because it was like right on that number, they thought it was just funny to, we got 1000 returns. And then they talk about, you know, the feedback they got, where they wanna go, where they heard there were problems, where they heard it was strong, where it was weak, what they wanna do with it. They put some charts in there, they added some more pieces. And so it was a really nice look behind the curtains, behind the screen of the design and them taking the feedback and then saying okay we've got good feedback now let's start making some changes and doing some things based on that feedback which is the stuff that we as fans always want with our developers when they ask for it if you're going to ask for our feedback it's great to see all right we got a bunch of this feedback they said they don't like this thing or they do like this thing let's make that a little one thing that came out they they put this kineticist out with low damage numbers, so they did the opposite of what, what Wizards of the Coast did. Wizards of the Coast ah. throws something out and it's a little overpowered, knowing they're going to dial up back. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. So they went underpowered. They got that feedback and they're going to start dialing theirs up. They said, you know, we're going to carefully start moving the damage up for this class. What is the? I thought that was an interesting philosophy. To what is the to
0: do. the flavor of the kineticist like? Is it a psionic kind of character? Or what is what it? What's its? Deal? Yeah,
1: it's like manipulating elements in the world but you're not using magic you're you're directly manipulating them Um, kind of like a mutant power or something maybe kind of yeah like i don't i don't did i have the thing open that no i must have closed that window where they kind of described the exact kineticist piece of it but it was like they're they're really careful and that was one of the feedback things is they they said make sure when you're describing this class that you remove the stuff that mentions or makes you think spell casting because yeah. this is a different way of manipulating just raw elements. And I think you pick elements because they were talking about in the bottom of that article, it showed like, here's some here's the metal element and here's another element that they hadn't shown before. They had stuck with just, you know, earth, fire, air, and water yeah. in that first playtesting thing that for manipulating stuff. So I think it's just a raw manipulation of elemental energies and then conforming them in ways to do things. So. Um, I didn't go through the whole thing. Um, yeah, I'm barely still learning about the Pathfinder 2E normal classes. I haven't even jumped into what they're future testing at this point. Yeah. So eventually, I'll get to that and see what that's all about too. But that's what it looked like to me. So I was thinking more of like a, maybe like an airbender, an avatar airbender. A little maybe. shout out to what's coming up later in my, my discussion. But it's <laughs> <laughs> like that, like a bending of elements or um, I didn't, I didn't get like.
0: Or a full metal alchemist, like taking yeah. this material and and using it in a different way or something
1: yeah or even like magic the gathering in some ways where you're taking you know a specific mana style type or thing and you're using it to do that that might be a better thing than like a spell or a ritual yeah um it didn't feel like it was psionics which is what i thought when i saw kineticist i was thinking mind bullets but Mm -hmm. maybe that's not what it is maybe somebody in chat knows a little bit better but you guys can put it in the comments if we're way off um, i'll have to go back and look at it so it sounds interesting though so that's very cool interesting. um so that's was that's our paizo update they're still rocking and rolling moving forward um they put a lot of good uh, content on their youtube channel and on their web page so if you're ever trying to find more information out they're yeah. really good about saying what's coming up doing articles doing uh, live streams playing games um that whole thing so they're They're definitely good to look for more information, just like Wizards of the Coast when you're trying to find more information to to keep, oh, what's coming up next? What do we get next? So they're they're on the rise. That's fun. Very cool. And I was was... super excited. Oh, go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to jump ahead, but we should talk about Magic the Gathering. Go ahead.
1: Just for a second at least. Yeah, the the Magic the Gathering, they did finally put out the Warhammer 40K Commander decks are out now. Um, They were out on Friday, I believe, and I haven't gone and got one yet because I'm trying to find a game store where I can play them that are playing commander decks. So I, I found that there's another two different game stores in my town that I didn't know about. So I'm going to go to those after our show and see if they're doing commander deck nights or something. Cause I really want to play this format, but it takes four people to play a commander game as far as I understand. Yeah, it. I think so. Uh, met Mag- I looked it up magic, the gathering, the arena, they have something that is a two player, hundred card deck mode. That is a little bit like a commander deck but it doesn't have the four players and it doesn't have you know the specific commander decks, so it's not necessarily the same and other than that the only place else that you could play it is there's something called magic online magic gathering online is another program that's different than arena and i didn't realize that that's out there so i might go check that out and see if if you can play commander deck stuff there which might be
0: yeah i don't know that's interesting so
1: i want to find a place to play it before i go buy them because these decks are typically more expensive than your typical magic the gathering pack that you might buy you if you buy some boosters it's usually not too expensive relatively or you might buy a well i i went and got
0: one of the commander decks for the forgotten realms because i was curious Yeah, Um, Yeah, and they're only like thirty dollars or something like i i oh, think for the hundred cards
1: <laughs> yeah that bundle was more than 30 bucks i thought i thought it was like a 50 dollars buy no no no. i'm talking about a commander deck yeah that's what that Baldur's gate commander deck right there
0: oh that was a hundred dollars
1: commander legends i thought it was a hundred bucks so ah, i thought it was like okay. or like 59 or 60 bucks it was i felt like it was expensive well never mind i guess price I don't check know. Price. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, and I just—it's way oh. less than I thought, and I should just go buy a bunch of them.
0: But yeah, that's a bit much. But if you're not going to be able to use it,
1: yeah. Well, where do you buy your cards? At? Your comic book store, I assume. Your I I go to my
0: story. game store. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, Commander deck thirty-seven dollars. Uh, that's on For Amazon, them. but like,
1: huh. well, that's not as bad as. But I, thought.
0: I don't know. Maybe maybe this is an older one. I don't know. This one's a commander that's forty dollars. So, but yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't. I don't play that. I just play on arena nowadays. Uh, yeah. Here I and was there. gonna. I did make a deck the other day to take over to DM Nathan's. We were gonna play D N Magic the Gathering, but uh, the time wise it didn't work out. So. Uh, oh, understand. someone in chat says we're both right. Sadly, apparently, commander decks oh. can fluctuate quite a bit. So,
1: oh, it was, that's maybe that's what I was seeing then. It was just a really expensive one that I looked at.
0: Um, there was a little bit. Uh, well, this kind of went under my radar too, so I just wanted to to talk about it because I know Roll Twenty and the company that owns Drive RPG, which is one bookshelf. I always get confused, but one bookshelf owns DM's Guild Drive RPG uh the comic book one they have like drive through comics they have a whole bunch of these yeah. drive through ones um yeah. and they kind of have a monopoly like there's itch.io there's a couple other places you can buy pdfs but like drive through rpg for as far as like indie rpg or non-dnd pdfs it's it's a pretty uh th- i've heard people in the industry complain about them being a monopoly that you can't make money unless you go through drive through when you should be able to kind of thing mm-hmm. um they announced that DM's Guild material was going to be like integrated with Roll Twenty, but uh, I found out a couple of days ago that Roll Twenty and and one bookshelf Drive Through RPG have straight up merged. They are now the same company, and uh, that. yeah. that's interesting to me. So hypothetically, a lot of your drive through purchases should be working through Roll Twenty now. Uh, well, not not. integrated it's still up to the author to make it work yeah but um but it's all gonna be it's under one company which i thought was really interesting so now you have the most popular vtt and the most popular pdf rpg source as one company it's kind of interesting to see what's going on there so yeah
1: I i don't see anything on their website that says anything about it yet
0: I, well, that's an interesting yeah. thing
1: because it ties into a little bit about what I was going to talk about is that I got in an email, jumping ahead just a little bit, Avatar Legends, which was the Kickstarter we did for, you know, the last Airbender, Avatar Legends, the role-playing game, they sent me in the email the digital downloads mm-hmm. um, for, and all the PDFs, if I wanted to download the printable copies, they sent me a link to Drive-Thru RPG, but mm. they also sent me free codes because their game is on nexus and i can play all the stuff on use nexus to yeah. do all the books they're going to have a character creator in 2023 and i can already get to them and they look really nice and high quality over on nexus nexus is growing bigger and bigger and that's the demi plane nexus yeah. sites that uh brad went to that we all know from original D beyond so it's interesting how it's all kind of tying together um yeah, they they
0: That's merged. Amazing. I sent you a link in our in our chat and I'll put it in our chat as well, but uh, it's it's uh That's good.
1: I love yeah. Roll 20, so I'm I'm happy for them to <clears throat> Well, and I think it's it stuff.
0: feels kind of one of those desperate like uh yeah, we better be... we better do something before Wizards of the Coast does this because they're going to pull I wonder if like new books won't be available on Roll 20. Uh maybe they will, but who knows. Yeah, they'll take um the it because makes you, some money. you know, D&D is uh, they're making their own VTT. They've got D and D Beyond now, so it's like okay, yeah.
1: that's Kinda interesting. Of
0: interesting. Hmm. Um, in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, we had a great Modron March game. I prepped for an, uh, uh, the the result of that game, but uh, we did not get to play. Then I went to Seattle. Then people oh, right. were also yeah. sick and at weddings, so we so haven't. You did played. one session so far. We've right? done two sessions so far. Oh, two
1: sessions. Okay.
0: And it's kind of like, wow, start up a new show and then don't make episodes. Like, good job, Jordan. But uh, that's what we're, that's what's happening. Um, but I th- I'm i pretty sure we're going to play this Thursday. I'm excited to play d d again.
1: We are getting into the season of people staying closer to home and having yeah. lots more nights available versus the summertime. when. Well, it was like, going on it was just random COVID. things. Like, one was a
0: family emergency. The other yeah. was a wedding. Like, yeah. I'm like, no life comes first guys like it's not you're not getting paid for this and even if you were getting paid for this i'd be like go take of your family Mm -hmm. stuff like it's fine um black company game is going really well i should have my new magic item tomorrow when i arrive i'm very excited uh i wonder as if you've ever done this as a dm but uh dm nathan said you guys can pick a rare or lesser item to get made as a reward and so we like went through and it's like, oh, well I, I want this magic item. And they're like, okay, well it'll be ready after this adventure because they have to like make it. And so you kind of commission items and I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually roll randomly or hand out items I think is cool but it's really yeah. fun as a player I'm realizing to be like, oh, I've always wanted this one because I think it augments this really well, you know? And so have you done that? Like.
1: I, I think I've done what you said is the former. I've created some cool things for players that are specific to them and work with their class or their storyline yeah. that they're kind of going through. And, and I will sometimes like get some of their input a little bit on it too, but I do like the idea of what you're talking about. Like, Give them the option to say, if you want to build something, we could make a downtime adventure out of it or even a, a side story adventure out of Well, you need this so that this crafter can make this thing that you want that yeah you're not going to get immediately but over time and over enough time you know you're going to be able to build this thing you're gonna be like oh, i want this sort of sharpness that does this okay well you're gonna have to gather some of these things for the crafter yeah yeah started i think that'd be a cool idea very cool idea
0: yeah and i that's another fun way to do it where you're like yeah but and, and maybe when we start getting into very rare or like mm-hmm. uh, legendary, I guess, what's the, the one after that, like the higher ups, it will be like, if you want this item, I'm going to need the heart <laughs> of a Tarasque or something. And you're like, OK, <laughs> like that would be cool. <laughs> like a
1: named one. like a Yeah. Wouldn't <laughs> that be
0: neat? Like, I think yeah. that's a lot of fun. It, it, it's been adding a fun because uh, we have our story, but then we're also a company. And so it's like you want to better yourself and better the company. And so we're kind of going through that.
1: Yeah, it always seems to come up when they kill something pretty, like there was a point where they killed a uh, black dragon and they got some scales from it so the moment they got some black dragon scales my players were immediately like what can we make out of this can we make armor can we make a shield so one of the guys made a you know a shield that had stuff on it and that's when i think those talks kind of come up so they kill something really cool they're thinking wait a minute can i use this for some cool thing (laughs) and then having cool crafting rules i think is really fun and really there's lots of awesome third-party stuff that people have made for crafting rules stuff, too. So if you're looking for, I mean, if you have your own inspiration, that's great. If you don't have your own inspiration, you're looking for stuff. I know Drive RPG had a ton of, here's crafting rules for harvesting yeah. stuff. Yeah, there's monsters lots of. And then turning it into yeah. cool armor, or cool weapons.
0: And speaking of that, I got a, a Kickstarter came in of the Herbalist Primer. Um, and this is not necessarily monster crafting, like killing monsters, but it's like you could it's still cool. there's a lot of rules in here to, like, make potions and, and different mm-hmm. effects of real magical plants remedies. and and magical plants. Um yeah. And it's a super quality book. Like, it's so good.
1: We need uh, like Dust of Forgetfulness. And oh, dust my of, gosh. It's yeah, awesome. I call these a little... Thing. So
0: uh, this is something that I want to be like a fun in-game item. I'm not really sure how to utilize this today but I got I got this in the mail and I was very excited. Uh, I'm always excited when I get my Kickstarters in the mail yeah,
1: um, I got one myself.
0: And then I bought this one recently which I just thought was really cool uh, called the Sun's King Palace and I just like the art on the oh, cover but it's a pretty mm-hmm. simple dungeon crawl. Um, there's just a it's a, it's made for the OSR but you can kind of incorporate it however you want. Um, But there's a a palace that exists at the bottom of this ocean or something, and it's called the Sun King's Palace. And so this is something that you're going to be like, yeah, I could just put this in my world. And I Mm -hmm. thought that was really cool. Um, And then this came out, and I don't know, I got a a Wizard of Oz adventure source book for 5e, but is very OSR compatible. Um, This same author and artist, he does it all. Um, he did a Neverland one, Neverland 5e, that was really cool. And this is his sequel is Wizard of Oz. And it's, this is really awesome. Lots of maps and cool worlds and stuff. Um, I probably, like, I would love to do a, a actual review of this on the channel at some point. Um, because I, uh, I love the Wizard of Oz books. Like, I've read a lot of them. <laughs> and so... Aside from the movie, the books are continued. There's like nine or ten books. I've only read like three or four, but um, the world is really goofy. I mean, it's just fun. And so to, to have like, oh, I could just run a quick little adventure in, in uh, the Emerald City or, or the Land of Oz or something is kind of cool. And the the production quality on that book is great. So those were the new uh, arrivals that I was very excited about. The last thing I want to talk about before I turn it over to you is – Uh, kids on bikes is doing a second edition I saw Um, there's a kickstarter right now for it uh i'm it doesn't look like they're adding a lot uh but if you wanted to grab a great version of kids on bikes it's uh this is probably the one to grab because it's going to have additional rules and a fun hardcover and some extra zines and stuff will come out with it there are some really cool writers that are uh working on it as a um as a stretch goal one of them is uh banana chan and mm-hmm. i think i like her for she does a lot of really cool stuff and then there was uh i think what's her the the girl that did the critical role she ran critical role for a little while i forget her name Aub- aubry not aubrielle oh. but Abria, yeah yeah she's yeah. she's one of the the um stretch goal people too where she's gonna write nice. like an adventure or something so um lots of cool people working on it Kickstarter, Kids on Bikes, second edition. I don't, yeah, I'm curious if it's going to be like a a super revised everything, like a mm-hmm. true 2E, or is it just uh, we have made improvements and we're reprinting the book, so. Uh, right. But what has been going on in the world of Lucian?
1: Well, the world of Lucian got his Kickstarter in called Heck The yeah. Wild Sea. What is which, that? Um, let, me, let me just give you the core concepts of this, Jordan. Tell me if you want to play... The treetops are a sea. So the, this planet is covered in forests that are so thick that ships are made to float on the tops of the treetops. That's cool. And it's hard to get down and underneath. The land is scarce and valuable. There's no real solid land because everything's covered in trees, giant trees that grow. Plant growth is rampant so fast that you can't keep up with it. There's nothing that allows you to stop it from growing fast enough. Open flames are forbidden in the world. Uh, if you wanted corrupts. to watch the world burn, yeah, that's crazy. Crezarine <laughs> yeah. yep. corrupts on contact, whatever crezarine is. The economy is barter based and it's a weird, weird world. And just one thing to give you kind of a cool thing, they have a picture of the layers of the sea, which is actually a forest and they have the different layers. So at the top, you have the skies. That's where most, where the adventures take place and where you, you are. On the actual leaves themselves is called the thrash, the topmost layer of the, the forest sea. Okay. If you get below that is the tangle. If you get below that's the sink. Below that's the drown. And if you get all the way down to where the roots are, that's the darkness under the eaves. And that's where this world takes place. And it just shows <clears throat> it's a world that's covered in rampant forest and, and growth. And then they have really cool um, character Art and the whole book has been done in a really great. Is this 5e or is cool this an own, its own system or? This one is uh, its own system. This one is not um, 5e. That's cool um, though. But it is a really cool kind of. Yeah, they talk about the dice that you'll use, the character sheet, that kind of thing. Um, Your shit you you're kind of based off of a ship. They call Firefly and there are different ships that have chainsaws on the bottom of them and they cut through the top of the the trees as they make their trails and they move around in these Mm -hmm. ships and then they dive into where old forgotten things are and where where materials and resources can be and then but things grow so fast that you know your your trail behind you kind of grows behind you and stuff it Lots sounds cool like Mortal Engines.
0: Did you ever see that movie? A little bit like, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. They have some cool stuff. They have really cool vehicle mechanics in here. They have really cool races that they talk about um, and progression and play. And just I just found the whole world super interesting because it just comes from that, that like that one sentence concept of what if your world is completely covered with a forest, a yeah. giant canopy forest, that even though you try to cut down a tree today, it's already grown again by tomorrow. Like it just yeah. grows that fast that it's there's no way you can cut it down and clear out space. How do you live or how does it, a, a society evolve around something like that? And I just thought once I saw it, I backed it. I was like, "This." Oh, is that's so a good cool. question.
0: Are the characters plant based? Like the some, creatures? Are. Some, are. some are some
1: are mechanical based. Some are um, really different types of creatures you've never seen before. They went. At, they just. Stopped. I've seen just, a lot, Lucian. Yeah, just like not these things though. Okay. I you. I've seen a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh I thought it was really cool. So finally got it. The book is cool. It's a it's, I like how the book is like a a different shape than normal too. Um until you put it, it on a shelf. shelf fantastic. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because normally like a book would be like this. Yeah. So little...
0: No, I love my um, Invisible Sun books. They do not
1: shelf well and But it's they don't frustrating. shelf well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like money cook. <laughs> Yeah, they use the Wild Words engine, is what I think they're calling using the mechanics of the game. So, Okay, um, that's cool. I feel like this is probably more like a maybe closer to an Empowered by the Apocalypse kind of thing. Um, oh, here you go. This kind Nothing of, bad there. I think this was one of the yeah um, pictures of the ships that they had with the chainsaws on the bottom that made me go, okay, this is an interesting world. I got to try this thing out. So traveling and wave walking, and they have lots of terminology that they use that's different. Um, because of the way their world is compared to our world and what the rustling of the leaves and the rustling of the, they'd still say there are waves, the way the wind interacts with the top of the trees, you still get waves in there and your ships have to ride those waves out. And I was just thinking that's just such an interesting concept to run something. So it has me really, really jazzed to uh, go and play this. There are lots of cool races in there. Let me see if I can pull out one real quick. Uh, So there is, let's see. Yeah, things like the Ridgebacks. um, They call them origins. The Anchored are like, uh, their bodies were claimed under the eaves and now they are like a wispy kind of character. So they're like wisps that come into, they can make their body form into physical, but then it can um, go back to more of a ethereal. Amber-clad, things that are uh, clad in amber, their armor and their weapons are made from this amber that they can collect. There's something I can't even pronounce, that's wood and machine, the, the Zelcare. They're a spider colony wrapped in humanist <clears throat> skins. Thousands of tiny erected mines threaded like beads on a string produce a full rich sapience. So it's like a that's a spider hive colony. Yeah. The Mothrin are like a moth kind of humanoid creature, two arms, two legs, and can fly.
0: Oh, there looks like there's a mushroom person. If, uh, ketra? <laughs> Silver Belay, People if you're like interested.
1: The, uh, yeah, yeah, the Ketra for like a, almost like a deep kind of like yeah. tentacles. Of I was looking cool. at the Char. Uh,
0: yeah,
1: there you go. Ironbound are like your mechanicals. The Gao are like a wood-based uh, fungal explorers gifted freedom by the rustling winds. So they're part of... Oh, how about an Ectus? This is the one you've never seen. Have you ever seen a cactus person, Jordan, in all uh, your times? Well...
0: Yeah, no, I haven't.
1: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, then there's the Ardent, which are kind of like the humans, um, and lots of them. So they have a cool classes in here and different names and just a whole weird, cool world to try to figure out and ships. And they have octopus people with things and stuff. Oh, that's cool.
0: They're actually, stuff. yeah, that's so, really cool. Well, so I it looks it
1: cool. fun. I like so it. So that one came in. I was excited. I'm, I haven't got to read through it yet. I'm, uh, it's been sitting here next to me. I'm going to start reading through that one. That's really cool. I got my email for my access to Avatar Nexus. So I have all of that stuff. So if you guys haven't seen, this is Avatar Legends. It's the role-playing game that's going to allow you to play in any era of the Avatar world, the Avatar verse, as they call it. So if you want to Legends of Korra or The Last Airbender era, you want to play in those eras, you can. Has all the rules. It is based on uh, Powered by the Apocalypse, so you have playbooks. And so, like, our Monster Hearts would be another example if you played that type, style of game where you have a playbook and you have uh, plays and things like that. And it's very story based, rich kind of. You have ties to each of the characters that you're with. And um, I just started looking at that. The demiplane See, piece looks really good. This
0: would be the coolest. Uh, well, it is a cool thing by itself, but uh, I was just thinking of like that that tree world. Uh, mm-hmm. Would be the, the neatest planet to land on in Spelljabber. You know? Yes. Like, why did we, I was like, we need cool things like that for Spelljabber. Like, that would be so yes. fun.
1: So. Yeah. Exactly. See, now you're going to want it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I'll, I'll check it out. I bought. So I was going oh, through yeah. that. And, and on Demiplane, I was noticing their other Nexuses, they have kind of are active. Avatar Legends, the role-playing game, Pathfinder's out there, obviously. Multiverse, the role-playing game, which is the Marvel role-playing game they have out there that you can just kind of play test and play around with. Vampire the Masquerade, Alien, the Isolation, you know, the role-playing game, which is my one of my favorites right up here. And Mutant Year Zero, which is another one from Modifius, um, or Free League and uh Free League, that is another cool book. So those two I'm definitely interested in probably gonna buy those compendiums so i have them because they all look really cool yeah but these are high quality well put together pages as reference nice. to look up just like a DD beyond just like a you know if you want to look up your pathfinder rules go to this demi nexus and really check out that stuff i think it's really cool um, the character builders are coming they're just not there yet
0: mm-hmm. so i was talking with lex a couple days ago we played a. Uh, uh Hero yeah, Quest he online. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. So if you want to go to the Jocular Junction channel, uh, I played Hero Quest with Lex and Ted. Um using like an iPad app and it was a funny stream. Um we were talking about uh I made a video a while ago about playing uh a different playing a DD setting but not using the d d rules, like playing uh Eberron but using Numenera. Like wouldn't that be right. kind of interesting? And uh, Lex was like, you know, I, I, he recently played the alien roll 20 or the, sorry, the alien RPG that's behind you. He recently played yeah. it and he's like, I want to run uh curse of Strahd Ravenloft, but using that system. Because it's all like <laughs> nice. scared, and I was like, yeah. it blew my mind. I'm like, that would be the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> like yeah,
1: that is all about tension and exactly. And he's
0: like, I think that that system would do would make the Ravenloft game that he wants to run. And I was yeah. like, whoa. So, anyway, That's Halloween, great. lots of cool stuff happening, lots but. Of cool.
1: The other thing I did this week, you might have noticed out on Twitter, is I backed Secret World. Have you ever seen or heard about Secret World, I
0: own Secret World on Steam. I have not played it, though. It's an MMO that is fantastic. I hear it's really good.
1: Um, It's one of the only ones that's like a modern-day MMO. There are three uh, secret organization factions that know about... Things that happen in the world that the regular public don't know about, right? Mm. Most of it's kept away so that the public doesn't panic or or know that these things exist. But they sometimes bleed out and they sometimes have to be dealt with, you know? And that's what this game is all about. They made an MMO on it and it actually plays really fun. I even have some videos on my YouTube from way back when it was started. We love this game because it really brings in all of your modern day myths and and stories that we all think of just you know it's all fiction it's all fiction but in this world it's like it's real it's just kept from everybody and it's yeah. made to think like it's fake like you know, there are like, vampires oh, but you, we us, keep but you, you safe, will run safe into her. Her. there we are
0: cthulhus into, but Cthulhu. mortal minds can't handle it so we keep the yeah. population safe yeah yeah
1: and that's exactly what this game is it starts out with a an incident that happens in a new york subway you're a you're told could, about the secret organizations that go and try to deal with these things and keep it away from the public almost a men in black down kind story of story yeah. yeah so if you ever try it, it's it's actually really fun to go in it might even be free to play at first like they might have some type of pay but it's like if it, you buy. as far from, as you
0: know. i understand i bought secret world because it is free to play yeah. um so uh, well it's not free you buy the game there's no subscription so. right yeah that's um, where i was going yeah there's no subscription i love it 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 was
1: cool because the the aesthetics of it the graphics of it are really cool the gameplay is very mmo like you're running around doing uh quests and sometimes they're gathering stuff sometimes they're you know killing 10 zombies or whatever it might be and you're doing these and there's a story that's going on through this and the big first area you get to is in maine Because a full-on Stephen King-like thing has happened there and they've cordoned it off. But you're going in to figure out what's happened because a whole town has gone missing or has been cut off and nobody's heard from. And you got to go and figure out what's happened. And there's all kinds of cool little stories happening there. You might find a Wendigo or you might find things that have come from the ocean. You know, there might be things that, you know, just ghost stories or undead stuff's happening or... You know, there's all these, you know, orcs or fairies or goblins and all that stuff's there and aliens could fall in. It's like everything could happen in this world. You can pick different classes and you pick how your abilities work and stuff. So I really like it. They're bringing out a 5e version of this game. Jordan, I jumped on it like hotcakes for that. <laughs> oh, cool. I love this game so much because that's great. Each of the factions, you have the and I, the Illuminati, the dragon, and I think it's the Templars. So the Illuminati are in New York, the Dragon is in Tokyo, and the Illuminati's in London, and they all have their different feel, they're all very centric, so like it's very red and white for the Templars, and Mm -hmm. it's very green and cool for the Dragons, and it's very blue for the Illuminati, and you can go through and they're fine, sometimes they fight each other, sometimes they help each other, you know, it's very X-Files-like, it's very Dresden-like, it's very... um, any of those shows where it's modern day and fantasy stuff exists, but most people don't know about it. So like even like, I guess, um, like Vasins the, like that. So. Yeah. So, or, or like, uh, supernatural would probably yep. be another great example of it. i the know, vampire slayer. I don't know. If like, you love that stuff. This is the world for you. Secret world. Cause they grab from all of those things. And a lot of pulp culture reference, like tons, Stephen King references. And you know, these, they went, bananas on oh there was this movie about a predator that goes around and stalks people you know it's in this game somewhere you know somebody put it in so pop culture references all over so i can't wait to see what the 5e version of this looks like um and i can't wait i'm glad i kickstarted it they're already is that right a, a mouse
0: and keyboard uh type of game or could you play it with yes. a controller okay No,
1: they probably do have controller support. I'm wondering if I could play it on Steam Deck. (laughs) That would be fun. I I would give it a try. At least jump in and create your character. Just see what you think of that. That's pretty cool. Um, So that was that was really cool. Me and my friends, we played a lot of this game. We felt like we were we had found a game that a lot of people didn't gain a lot of popularity, but it was one of those gems that should have gained popularity. Yeah, and the and the fan base was was always really really well, great about it like super awesome it. people yeah people i love that stuff like about that. it yeah yeah that that know, that are in the know. And it's good it's a lot of cool stuff in there it's got a lot of um even like uh different stories from different groups too so there's like a lot of indigenous or you know um you know native american stories are in there mm. when you're in the america parts but when you go to these other places in the world you might get a lot of japanese mythology or you might get a lot of egyptian mythology or you might get a lot of these different areas that they would bring you in the world to do different things so it was it was pretty cool to to go through those and play that and i'm glad it's still i think it still exists i think the servers are still up i haven't been out there in a while um it's an older game but it's still held up the last time i was in it um and i can't wait to see what the 5e version of this looks like so i'm excited i backed it um and that was pretty much other than that i've been just playing a lot of world of warcraft i got i jumped back into that yeah i've been having a lot of fun i'm playing it from just a story lore perspective where i'm just reading the text and seeing where the story takes me and what's cool. going on and not really rushing through anything or have any specific goal in mind just kind of reading what's there and i found some really cool things and things that have made me smile and things that reminded me why world of warcraft is still one of the best mmos out there because of some of the details they put in and some of the little things you come across and some of the big moments that you just did not see coming happen And then it's just like, this is why I love these types of games. This is why I love playing an MMO or this is why I love, God, that's so cool. That dinosaur popping up and doing this thing. And it was like, oh, it's so good. (laughs) It was fun just to jump back and to have that, that being surprised at something, not knowing it's coming, having a big smile on your face because it's happening. You're like, what is this happening? Is this really going on? That kind of, there's a few of those moments in there still. So I love it. So that's, that's been my day. I know we went great. over a little, and yeah, it's okay. Blockers. We
0: haven't streamed. It's been a while, so a while. Uh, yeah, that's our show, guys. Thank you so much. You can uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash Jordan with a P H in the middle, J R P H D A N. Um, you could also become a uh, member on YouTube. Um, all those yeah. things kind of helps us keep the light on. Uh, other than that, just share the show with a friend. You know, leave us some comments. Tell us about I'm your day. Uh, Lucian and I go through the comments on all the videos. It's lots of fun. Uh, and I guess with that we'll be back next week because I'm home now so this should be pretty more More regular (laughs) Um, but we'll be back next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D show take care everybody thank you for watching